In today's episode, I have the amazing Amaji here with me, and I'm so excited to bring her on and for her to share her magic and medicine with you. Amaji is someone who I recently started working with. I was drawn to her because she does a lot of light language activations, and she's been helping me really open and activate my gifts in a much more potent way and also release or transmute any lower vibrational frequencies that have been in my field. And it's been really transformative, the work that we've done together so far. So Amaji is a celestial sound shaman, a wisdom teacher, and she transmits encoded languages of light to activate the crystalline DNA and Shakti power to awaken the co-creator power within. She is the creator of Violet Alchemy Healing and Purification, which is a powerful modality of energy healing, balancing, and expansion that works with the chakra psychology and transmutation of karmic patterns and wounds. Amaji teaches ascension and she has a sacred mystery school that's based in new education for these times. Her life is dedicated to personal and planetary evolution, and she is one fierce, amazing, epic soul to know. So I am really excited for you to jump into this episode and to experience Amaji's energy and her potent codes that she will be sharing. And when you listen, make sure that you tag us on Instagram. You can find me at The Spiritual Boss Babe and check out the show notes so that you also know where to connect with Amaji and see everything she has going on after you listen to the episode. So without further ado, let's welcome Amaji onto the show. Welcome to The Spiritual Boss Babe Podcast. If you're a woman who is ready to step into your power and manifest a life and business that sets your soul on fire, then you are in the right place. I'm your host, Stephanie Bellinger, and I'm a mindset and success coach for spiritual entrepreneurs. I am obsessed with helping my fellow soul sisters shine their light and live out their purpose so they can experience more magic in everyday life. We all have a special purpose here and we're meant to share our message and gifts with the world. You deserve to be fully supported emotionally, spiritually, and financially from doing your soul's work. Together, we can make a massive impact in the world and it's time. So let's do this. Welcome to the show, Amaji. I'm so freaking excited to have you here. I know that so much magic is going to unfold and I thank you so much for taking the time to share with my audience your magic. I'm so excited to be here and uh, what a magical way that we met as well Mm -hmm. and all that's been unfolding for both of us and it just seems so synchronistic that we would connect and um, serve each other in these ways. So how beautiful is that? I'm excited to be here. Yeah. I'm so grateful that we connected and you, the work that we've done together that you've helped me with has been, (laughs) I'm still processing and like, whoo, stepping into that. It's been amazing. So thank you. (laughs) So I would love to first kind of open up with a little bit of a an introduction to of you sharing a little bit more about what your journey has been like when you started opening up your gifts and how that's led to you doing the work that you're doing now with your mystery school and Violet Alchemy and all of that. And we can get into that a little bit later on, but how did it all start? It started, um, I would say 
you know, growing up in New York, uh, my father was very much involved in the church and he was a very religious but highly spiritual man. So I would say, I, I call my father like my first spiritual teacher because he made me aware of faith in such a big way. And he made me aware of the power of love. Those were the two things that I, I remember most. Uh, he's been gone for three years now, but he really was my first spiritual teacher. And then by the time I was 25, I had left um, the church, so to speak. Uh, it wasn't something that I resonated with anymore. And I went on a journey to find myself and started becoming aware of meditation and dreams and uh, psychic connections and interest in the mysteries and things like that. So 25, I met a, a spiritual teacher who I sat with and I learned meditation and he gave me what's called Shaktipat, which is a transference of spiritual power. And when he did that, and I didn't know that he was doing it, but, um, I later came to find out that um, we had many past lives together. And uh, he, his name is John Sheridan, and he's from Long Island. And when I was 25 years old, I first sat with him. Mm. And it opened up, blew open my third eye and my heart. So I left thinking, what was that? And came back a couple of months and then proceeded to work with him weekly for two years to mm -hmm. learn about meditation, to learn about the Violet Flame, St. Germain and the Violet Flame, learning about um, the Tao Te Ching, <clears throat> uh, White Eagle, and all of these teachings that were what we would call crystalline-based or Christ consciousness, the consciousness of love, oneness, unity and peace. So it wasn't connected to religion, but these were ancient teachings or teachings that came through the enlightened realms. And then um, I finished school and I went into body work. I became a licensed massage therapist for many years. And wow. having my hands on people's body bodies, I could begin to read their energy field. And I did a lot of hands-on healing. And that was something that I also was gifted um, by my father, because my father had amazing healing hands. So then probably when I was um, actively doing body work, probably uh, maybe the late 90s, in 1999, I met a man named Stephen Thayer, who is the creator of the system called Integrated Energy Therapy, which is a form of angelic healing. It's kind of like the next step after Reiki. Got it. So he, he was a Reiki master who developed this system and I studied with him and then began to do that system and teach people how to connect with the angels and these PowerPoints, we'll call them, that you could help people to release karma, help mm -hmm. them to release unresolved energies. And while I was doing that, I, I went to him and said, I want to learn more. Mm -hmm. And so then he became my mentor. And I studied with him for five years in a very private, we'll say, Archangelic Mystery School with myself and two other women. Wow. And for five years, we did that. And, and I got activated in such a way. And the 12-strand DNA, which we call the angelic DNA, was activated within my being. And then during that time <clears throat> is when... I started having experiences with the enlightened masters, 
we call them the ascended masters or the enlightened masters, which is inclusive of Buddha and Sananda, also known as Yeshua or Christ, uh, Magdalene, Mary, Saint Germain, Kuan Yin, Tara, the mighty archangels, and all of these beautiful beings of light who began to, um, I began to connect with, and then they started connecting with me. And I was getting direct communication from um, Mary Magdalene and Mother Mary and Isis and Kuan Yin. And those are the ones that started coming to me very strongly and helped me to start doing what's called the Magdalene initiations. And I started initiating women back into the priestesshood. Wow. And that was early 2000, 2002 to 2004. And, and, all, and during that time, around 2000, I started developing Violet Alchemy, which is a system as a seventh dimensional modality of chakra cleansing, purification, and healing. So we're looking at attachments that come into the field that lower the energy field, and we're looking at unresolved psychology, memories, thoughts, programming, illusions, trauma, and also the themes that a soul brings in with them from past lives mm -hmm. that basically set up the lessons or the opportunities, we'll say, even though they may be really intense, those opportunities are, are there for learning, for evolution, and for the expansion of our being and our consciousness. So that started getting developed and around 2007 is when I probably had a pretty full system, but it wasn't until 2010 that I finally got the work registered as a form of energy psychology and then started awesome. teaching mystery schools. So here for the past 11 years, uh, we have maybe done eight violent alchemy mystery schools and also did many other ones like in between much shorter ones like three months or 12 weeks long of uh, all different kinds of mystery schools that basically they're taught once because they're all transmissional so it's not like here's a book we're going to yeah. study this and we're going to teach it again and again and again it's a, it's a kind of work where you're transmissioning divine light frequency you're transmitting Shakti, power, love mm. to support the student to evolve through the light body mm. and help them to raise their vibrational, I call it light quotient or love quotient. And so we've been doing that work for more intensely, probably for the past seven or eight years. Wow. So can you share like how has it evolved and come together you you mentioned like it didn't come to full fruition i guess until 2010 what were some of like the evolutionary pieces of the teachings or the well, the, the way that i brought the system in is that when i studied iet or integrated energy therapy and was working directly with stephen thayer he's the one who really taught me how to use a pendulum mm. And I had a pendulum, but I was afraid to use it because I, I was like, how do you use this thing? Who am I connecting to? Like, I don't want to just connect to anyone. So that was key because learning how to use the pendulum and, and knowing that I had already a connection channeling the angels, I felt safe. Mm. I felt more confident. And then I began to explore even more. And there was a woman 
<clears throat> pardon me, who was part of the IET community, this woman, Mary, who also taught me more advanced techniques and how to question things using a pendulum. So the Violet Alchemy system came through by me asking questions, receiving information, asking more questions, asking mm. more questions, asking more questions. And, and the guides that I was working with started directing me and started showing me what sat within the chakra system, the psychology. And so I learned, so I'm very adept at reading the psychology of someone through their chakra system. Mm. And then the power of the violet flame, which anybody can learn about the violet flame. It's, it's um, probably one of the most <clears throat> important divine light frequencies that is available to anyone. Mm. And so important at this time. And what it actually is, is it's the blue ray of, um, I would say God consciousness, the blue ray of God consciousness, which would be like wisdom and truth mm. combined with the ruby ray of goddess consciousness, which is love, compassion, and healing. So when you take the blue and the ruby, and you put it together, or love and light, you're going you're gonna to get violet, right? Mm. And so what it has, it has the power to transmute lower vibrational energies. And it actually brings in forgiveness. And it's only through the ray or the power of forgiveness that we can evolve, we can release the past, and we can move more empowered into our present and into our future is when we forgive the past and we release it. So it is a array that transmutes, forgives, and liberates us. And mm -hmm. that's why it's so powerful. So the system, the, the masters, I had been working with the Violet Flame and reading about the Violet Flame and calling in it. And then they gave me a whole system based upon the Violet Flame. That's so cool. I've heard about it and read about it as well, um, but I haven't delved super deep. Um, I feel like I intuitively do my own thing with different lights and different rays. Um, but I would love to hear like you break, like how would people use the violet flame? I know you teach about that obviously in your program more in depth with everything that you do, but is it something where it's just like a visualization mainly that you have people more than that It's way more than a visualization. So the thing about, um, the thing about working with divine light frequency, the way that we do, is that it's not just about thinking about it, but it's actually calling in a very specific divine light frequency. The violet flame is laser-like. It is so concentrated, this ray, and it has a power. So we have to know how to wield that power mm. in a safe way. And so you have been um, really opening your gifts of your languages of light. And the language of light, everybody has a language of light if they can do the work to open up their throat chakra, first of all. Mm -hmm. And you're doing 
um, energetic healing to clear the unresolved energies in the chakra system so that your container, your vessel of your body becomes a clearer, more impeccable channel mm -hmm. to allow divine light frequencies, to allow divine love or <clears throat> what we call Shakti power to be able to move through your field. So you have to have done some of that work I believe, to be able to, to utilize your languages in a more refined way. Mm -hmm. okay? And it's through the refinement of the light language. Because when I started speaking light language, I knew that to me it was like a prayer that was coming through the higher dimensions mm -hmm. that I was opening up to. And it allowed me to connect to my own power of creation it allowed me to express and invoke spirit mm, in a much response. more refined and higher dimensional way. As I continued to work with the language of languages of light, I realized that sometimes my languages were matching the vibration of what was happening in someone's energy field. And sometimes my language was cutting through the energies that were in someone's field. And sometimes the language was rearranging the energy in someone's field. So the more that I did it, and because I'm a seer as well, and I have very clear, clear audience, meaning I have clear audience I can hear, I have clear cognizance, I know things, I have clairvoyance, I can see things, and I'm clairsentient, so I can feel things. So as, the, as I developed my practice, and the more and more I was on my spiritual path, these psychic spiritual gifts became more attuned, and they started working together. So when I started speaking light language, it was like I went to a, um, <clears throat> the New York Life Expo, and it was probably 2000, in 2000. And when I was there, I met two women. One of them is now a friend of mine, uh, Jody Sirota from New York, who used to own the Meta Center. Mm -hmm. And um, the other one's name is Judy Satori. And they're both uh, speak in the languages of light. And, they, and they're the first two women that I ever witnessed speaking in light language. And all I knew is that when I heard it, my every hair on my body, you know, was standing at attention. It knew, I knew it was something very important. And just listening to them helped to activate the memory in me mm. that, boom, released it. So yeah. I, didn't, I didn't have to do a lot to get it to be activated because I've been a singer all my life. Got it. So my throat chakra was already open. I, always, I was already very adept at saying and speaking mantras mm -hmm. because already probably since the age of 25, I had been chanting, doing kirtan and devotional chanting. So I was used to repetitive sounds and, and as a singer, I would just sing, you know, um, and allow whatever wanted to come through in a very melodic, lyrical way with no words. But when the light language started coming in, 
it was a little scary at first. I'm like, what am I saying? What am I doing? And, and really you have to just, you have to let go. You have to release any inhibitions and you have to be brave and courageous to say, okay, I'm just going to make some sound here. And it was the Archangel Metatron. And it was the enlightened master named Joel Cole. And those are the two that started coming to me to teach me about light language. And they would actually tell me to like turn my recording on mm. on my phone. Yeah. Just start speaking, making noise, gibberish, yeah. whatever. That's just let it out. And then it started, I would sing. I used to sing um, Amazing Grace. I used to sing Ave Maria all the time at the end of certain like bodywork sessions and really worked with the power of sound. But then I noticed I just started speaking in these tongues mm -hmm. and they were different. And I knew that, that I could feel that when I used one language, it was doing one thing. And if I used a different language, it was doing something else. But never was there an intention within me to speak in a certain way. It's, it's really literally getting out of the way mm. and just allowing what comes through to come through. And I learned so much just by being witness, mm. witnessing what was happening. And I was like, wow, when I did that, that happened. And when that came through, that happened. And even all the different languages that I was speaking, I didn't know where they were coming from yeah. until the, they said to me, we want you to activate all of these galactic gateways in, in, in a groups in a group for a group. Mm. And, I, and they said, and I said, well, how am I going to do that? And they're like, bring in the, bring in the sound technicians, bring in the galactic sound technicians. I was like, what's that? And they're just like, do it. I said, okay. So I started, and as I started doing it and I started calling in, you know, to activate uh, the higher self that came through Arcturus, say, I started speaking language. And I was like, I know that language. And then mm -hmm. I was like, oh, well, I'm going to bring them in and activate the connection to Sirius, to Venus, to Andromeda. And each time I did it, I was like, I know that language. I've been speaking that language. And then at the very end, they said to me, you, the many streams are you, are the sound technicians that is you. And I was like, mm -hmm. so it taught me that, oh, that language goes there. That language goes there. This language is for this. And so a lot of trial and error. Well, mm -hmm. I should say there's no error really. It's just, just doing it. You know? Yeah. Just getting out of the way, surrendering and doing it. When you heard that per the people that you heard speak light language, when you, when yours opened up, was it like shortly after for you? It's funny because I had a similar experience where the yeah. first time I had heard it was in, well, first time I heard it in person was incredibly powerful for me. Like I was crying my eyes out in gratitude for witnessing such a gift and it changed my life. And I feel like that was like my first activation point, but it didn't actually start opening and unfolding till maybe six months or so later. It's cool Same thing yourself. happened. Same thing happened. It was, um, you know, you're listening to it. And first, you know, your personality has to go, what is this? Mm -hmm. I don't know what this is, but I really like it. Mm -hmm. And then the personality is like, but how do I do it? I want to do it. <laughs> and so there's this, you know, there's a little lag time between the, um, and when you get your, all the streams of your being on board to open up to 
such a, what feels or seems like it's so fantastical, but when you get out of the way and you just allow it to start coming through and, and the people that I may be leading in learning how to, to do light language, it really helps to get them into a very, very receptive space. So by doing violet alchemy purification, violet alchemy healing, um, doing light language transmissions or divine mother transmissions allows the group to move into a unified field of oneness. And that coherence allows the, the receptivity to open up more in a very divinely aligned way so so that the languages can come through and it is an amazing way to attune yourself to your own soul Mm -hmm. so when we speak about like all of these incredibly juicy wonderful dynamic you know spiritual boss babes out there you know the thing that makes sense is to be open to the languages of light even if you can't speak it yourself but to receive transmissions of higher vibrational divine light and love Mm -hmm. from people that can offer transmissions because what it does is it begins to activate the energy in a big way and it realigns you to 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 become more attuned Mm-hmm. Uh, and doing the work of opening up the brow chakra and reconnecting to the pineal gland to open up the vision and the sight will allow anyone to have more clarity, mm-hmm. more knowing about what the next step is for them. I feel like it's more are, like embodied and integrated, it feels. Say that again. I feel like for me, it's I've I've feel more embodied and integrated than I ever have. It's like deeper trust and also more soul remembrance is coming back online. Absolutely, and that's Absolutely. you know just the it's been amazing. It's like the human me has been like processing and catching up to all of it still. There's such an incredible. Um, power that we can reclaim when we're willing to be self-responsible when you're really when you're really ready to look at your stuff and you're not spiritually bypassing and you're not turning a blind eye to all the stuff that you put in the closet that you didn't want to look at and we'll just we'll just store it over there and just not you didn't deal with it that stuff is going to catch up with you Eventually, and the more that you're willing to take whatever uh, unresolved issues you have, anything that has a feeling inside of you that is not neutral, right? You know, so you may think about that old lover, or you may think about that friend from last year, or you may think about a conversation you had with a family member. And if there's a feeling or a sense of agitation, or uh, irritation or grief or lot, whatever, but disempowerment, then those are the things you need to look at, right? And when you look at it, you can't, well, you can do anything. I would not suggest just being in a place of judgment about it. 
but be willing to recognize that everything that happens to you or around you, you are attracting it to you because of a vibration that's in your energy field. And that's why energy healing is so potent. It is so provocative. It's essential, I believe, if you are a seeker. If you are a seeker on a path and you want to find something good, then be self-responsible and start to do healing work, which is way more than just talking about something. Mm -hmm. When you take full responsibility, that's literally the definition of empowerment. Absolutely. Yeah. And taking self-responsibility, when you have ownership, when you can say, yeah, I did that, or yeah, maybe I was blind to that, or maybe I was unconscious to that, then, then the work is, well, what are all the emotions that's sitting there? What's all the programming that's sitting there? What are your limiting beliefs around it? What are the unhealed uh, frustrations or shame or guilt about it? Mm-hmm. And are you willing to let it go? And the only way that you can truly release it is to forgive yourself or mm. to forgive others or to forgive the situation. And that's why the violet flame, that frequency is so important because that's the, that's the tool. That's mm. the blessings that we can call in to spin around us, to, to saturate us, to, be magnified and amplified so we can release, release, release. When you release, it's done. Mm-hmm. And it and can that, happen pretty quickly too. <laughs> it can happen like that. You know, what can happen in a 20, 20 minutes is amazing. What can mm-hmm. happen in an hour and a half is really substantial, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. You notice the difference. You can't not notice the difference. After you had a session, you were like, wow, okay. Yeah. Give me a little time because I need to process this because there is definitely integration that needs to happen. So what is integration? Integration is like, so you're carrying maybe different energies of density mm-hmm. that have that are emotional or their thoughts that are limiting, like, I will never get what I want, or um, I will always be alone, or anybody I love leaves me, or I will never find my path. These are limiting beliefs. Mm -hmm. And those limiting beliefs come from experiences that we've had either in this incarnation or another incarnation, another lifetime. And there's a memory that sits in the field. So that unresolved energy is, is the karma that we bring into this life, this now present moment, to reactivate it so that we can heal it. We can balance it. We can take those fears and that disempowerment and shift it, consciously shift it through divine intervention, divine orchestration, through different paths, uh, different tools, different modalities, so that we can have freedom. And then once we release it, what happens? The vibration rises because the density of that unhealed energy keeps your vibration low. Mm. And some people will describe that as being stagnant. I feel stagnant. I feel stuck. 
and they can't seem to change that vibration. But once the healing happens and you bring that violet flame in and you spin it through the field and you work it, then all of a sudden you release that emotion, you release that belief, you release that memory and the vibration begins to raise higher and it begins to oscillate faster. Mm. And light oscillates, vibrates super, super fast. So then you can feel that lightness of your being. Pretty much, I can say, with the thousands of sessions that I've done over 20 years, I would say 85 to 90% of every single person that I've worked on has always said at the end of the session, I feel lighter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's quantum physics. It's, 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 that's exactly what's happening. The <laughs> density of that emotion or belief is now gone. And now you feel like you will, you are lighter. Mm-hmm. You're lighter. Like you're literally light. <laughs> exactly. So that is, it's such a rewarding and fulfilling experience to support people on the path, uh, their own evolutionary path or their own path of ascension or mm. um, coming back into empowerment, you know? Yeah. So do you mostly work with um, like women, like, or are they already, have, are they, have they already opened their gifts? Like the people that are coming to you, do you notice a trend in that? And is there something common that they come to you with? Like, is there like, you know, I want to achieve this or I want to, you know, I'm just curious, maybe we can. Well, I would say over the, Over the 20 years that I've been doing this modality, everything, we've come across everything from cancer to um, yeah, cancer. That's a big one. Heart issues, brain tumors, um, depression, big one, anxiety, a big one. Addictions to alcohol, to heroin, to marijuana, to cigarettes. Um, yeah, addictions is a big thing too. Um, a lot of people come to see me because someone has died. Mm. And because doing this work and as a channel, you know, we have mediumship capabilities. But I don't call myself a medium because I do so much more than mediumship. But, and it, and it's not my, um, I don't have the gift. I shouldn't say I, I have definitely had that experience. I don't, my, my focus mm-hmm. is not what happened to aunt Mary when she left us, mm. you know, my, my intention would be if Jane, quote unquote, Jane comes to see me because she was so close to Aunt Mary, Aunt Mary dies and Jane cannot get over the grief of her aunt dying. And it's been five years now. And she cannot understand why she can't get over this death. And I would say across the board, what I see is that there's been an energy what I call fragment exchange. So either Jane is holding energies of Aunt Mary or Aunt Mary is holding energies of Jane. Mm. So because there is that transference of energies, 
Now, um, Aunt Mary is surrounded by the light, but she's kind of in this place where she's waiting for Jane to get the help she needs because she wants Jane to be re-empowered with her own energies that Aunt Mary is holding. So Aunt Mary will, will wait for, for Jane. And then Jane's coming to me, calling me. I'm saying, I have this issue. I don't know. I found you. Someone so told me about you. I'd like to come see you. And next thing you know, we are doing that exchange. I'm naming what those energies are that they traded. And they're like, oh my God, that's the kind of relationship we had. Once we give them their energies back, um, and there's a level of forgiveness and a meeting of the souls and the hearts, then we can send support Aunt Jane, I'm sorry, Aunt Mary, to go into the light and fully release her into the light. Mm. So I work with a lot of people who have lost their loved ones, resolving the karma or res having resolution in the relationship so that mm. there can be a full letting go. And, that, and then that also translates to relationships. I work with a lot of people in relationships, breakups, divorces. Um, and then right now, what seems to be coming my way a lot are, you know, it's interesting. I've had a, a number of people that are waking up to this ascension path hmm. and they have a history of being very connected to a very institutionalized, strict religion mm. of sorts. And there's been all this programming. Yeah, that programming they, can run deep if... So yeah. deep. It can be very harmful and highly, highly traumatic Mm -hmm. to someone that they cannot free themselves. And so we've done some of that work of helping them to be freed. Uh, I also get a lot of paranormal stuff. Mm. You know, someone feeling like there's something in their environment and they're afraid they don't feel good. Yeah. They're, getting, they're feeling sick in their home or when they go somewhere specific. And so we, I do a lot of house clearing, a lot of land clearing, way more than saging. It's really releasing, pulling out all lower vibrational energies and then anchoring angelic pillars, mm. bringing in sacred geometry and divine light frequencies to completely illuminate the space. And the last thing I'll say that I've been finding very interesting is that I've done a lot of work with people who have had um, medical procedures, medical intervention, mm -hmm. and they don't feel good afterwards. So the stuff that you're saying with the physical things you mentioned, the work that they're doing with you um, through the, the violet ray and the light language resolves the energetic imbalance that's creating the... <clears throat> So, if someone, so say someone has cancer, right? Mm -hmm. We're looking at, well, what is the root cause core energies mm -hmm. that supports someone to develop cancer? Mm. You know, if someone has a brain tumor, why do they have a brain tumor? If they, you know, if they have throat cancer, why do they have throat cancer? If they have liver cancer, why is it liver cancer? Mm. And so we're looking at the organs because the organs also hold emotional energies. And we're looking at the unhealed emotions. So someone 
So if you look at like Chinese medicine or Ayurvedic medicine, you know, they talk about the different organs. And if you have an issue with the organ, there's always a, um, an emotion that's connected to that organ. Like the lungs are all about grief, mm. you know, the um, liver gallbladder is all about anger and rage. And so if you have someone who's been holding on to a lot of anger, they will get a liver imbalance. You know, mm -hmm. or it could be that, oh, that person got their gallbladder removed. And, when, and then I go into the energy field and look, you see all the unhealed experiences that they had over and over and over again, where they had to, where they had to um, silence themselves. They never had a voice. Mm. In the silencing of themselves, there was a lot of anger and there was a lot of resentment and frustration. And that energy of anger, resentment, and frustration was never emoted. It was never released. And so it is like a poison that sits in the energy field mm. and it starts to grow. And then it will start to manifest into a physical imbalance. So there are people that come to me because of physical issues. There are people that come to me because emotionally they're just a mess, mm. you know, and they don't know where to go. And there's all this trauma and they're holding on. And so one of the things we do is we look at, well, what are the trauma templates? Meaning what happened at age seven, eight, nine, 10, 12, 42, 30, you know, what, what mm -hmm. age? So like right now I'm working with a young person and uh, this young person um, had so much trauma between the ages of seven and 13 and different events, family events, school events, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera. And every year there was a, a new trauma template. When I mean by template, it means that when I look at a template, I'm being shown four or five chakras and then they're telling me what the theme that that chakra is holding. And so the idea is to get, go into the energy field and to transmute those energies and to rebalance them. But when you have like two trauma templates, it's like, you know, you can be stuck a little bit, you know, you have six, seven, eight, now you're, you're paralyzed, you're, mm. you're suffering. And when you have that kind of trauma, then you can have energies that attach into the field that are super discordant. Mm -hmm. And we would say, lean towards uh, density, uh, chaos, and people become suicidal. Mm. So there's that work. And then on the flip side, we work with priestesses, mm -hmm. ascension, people who are on the path of ascension that want to wake up, they want to grow, and they want to their gifts to be activated. So what I do is I give activations, which is to wake up a potential that's sitting in the energy field for the reclamation of spiritual gifts and even spiritual mastery. If there was a level of mastery in another lifetime that needs to be mm -hmm. awakened, all right? And the other thing that we are able to do is to give initiations. And initiation is something that the masters have given me permission to give people initiations, which is you don't just give them to anybody. You give them for a reason. You usually give them in a very sacred ceremonial way because someone has reached a certain level of 
growth mm -hmm. on the spiritual path and they're ready for that next rung on the ladder mm -hmm. they're ready for more more embodiment of their gifts so that's what initiations do initiation is more of not just like waking you up but it's mm -hmm. an energy of <sighs> transference mm. so you can hold and embody that light or love quotient does that make sense mm -hmm. Yeah. So the activation is like waking something up that's already there and the initiation is more embodied in it. Yeah. And initiation is more powerful. Mm -hmm. It means that you're, it means a transference of pure light that is going into another person that elevates their consciousness and it, you don't lose it. It stays mm -hmm. there where with an activation, you can give it, I can give someone the same activation three or four times. And each time they get the activation, they may get a little bit more and a little bit more and it gets stronger and more powerful, right? Mm -hmm. But like if I was going to give someone like um, an activation for uh, to wake up the crystalline DNA for their angelic self, that can be received more than one time. Mm. Yeah? Because... I might give someone that activation, attune them in a sense. And depending on where they are on their spiritual path, they might receive, like say I'm giving something that has um, a power that has a certain quotient to it. But if you're only able to receive 30% of it because your body is only prepared to receive 30%, then you'll only receive 30%. But then maybe a year later or six months later, you've done a lot more work. You've cleared a lot more energy. You've forgiven a lot more things. And you are now have the space in your field. There's been a, a light, a lightening of your vibration so that if I was to give the activation a second time, you might get another 30%. Mm. You see? So activations are not something that I see or that I've had the experience of just giving one sin. That's all you need. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, you can receive activations, lots of activations I have over the, over the 20, 30 years I've been, you know, actively doing this work. Yeah. And do you teach people how to do all of this stuff as well in the school that you have? I would say I don't teach people how to do activations and initiations because that's something that is it an, it's an intuitive, more of an intuitive kind of thing. I may activate somebody. Um, I'm not going to tell you that you have the power to activate someone like, yeah, go now activate this person, go activate. I probably wouldn't say that, but you know, if you were my student or someone else was my student and I was doing, and they started doing activations, I might, if they came to me and you said, can I give activations? I would say, well, let's ask. Because <laughs> it's not up to me to say, oh, you can give an activation. They might ask for my wisdom. They might ask for my experience. They might ask for my, the information that I'm receiving as we're connecting with a specific enlightened master. But but when I give activations, because I'm being told to give an activation, mm -hmm. you know, it's because 
Sananda, Christ, or Magdalene, or Mary, or Saint Germain, or Kuan Yin says, you need to give them the activation for this. But I truly believe that the the reason why I can give activations because I've received numerous initiations, spiritual initiations in my life, which doesn't mean like, oh, I went through that and it was such a big an initiation. Mm. I mean, like I had an initiation where I had a visitation from an enlightened master that transmitted something through my field wow. where I was on the ground, you know? And I've had a, a numerous experiences like that where I'm being stopped in my tracks or mm. I'm laying on a bed or I'm in some kind of environment and I'm having a full-on spiritual experience. I've and had those. <laughs> never, never is it standing up. Let's put yeah. it there. It's like I'm on the ground. And I'm literally going through a seizure. I'm going through like a seizure where, because so much frequency and energy is pummeling through, through our body. And, um, you know, probably the biggest, one of the most significant ones. I mean, when I was studying IET, I had many profound experiences and like studying with Stephen Thayer, the creator, like for those five years that we have these angelic mystery schools, you know, I'd have wildly spiritual experience but um i remember when it was like 2004 where christ yeshua jesus came into my living room after a ceremony that mary magdalene told me to have and invite 11 women and and it was in january of like 2004 and i remember she told me that who to invite and she told me what silks i had to hang in the room and she told me how to place these two massage tables that were really low it was going to be like our table our altar and she told me who had to sit where and she told me what i could put on the uh, the the platform or the tables, you know what I mean. So she was teaching me the art of alchemy and the art of placement, and energetically what needed to be there. And then she said to me, "You're going to give the Magdalene initiations," and I was like, "Oh, what's that?" <laughs> so it's like I get these, I get directives, and my job is to get out of my own way and just say yes. And so I'm really good at saying yes now. Uh, and I've been saying yes for, oh my God, hmm. 30, over 30, 35 years, I've been saying yes to the masters. And so how was it like in the beginning of saying yes? What? How was it like in the beginning of saying yes? It was scary as you know what. <laughs> it was scary because I was like, mm. am I crazy? Mm -hmm. Like, did they really tell me to do that? Can I... Can I even do what they're asking me to do? And so it, it took a lot of courage because there was nobody who was showing me how to do this. I was having these experiences and being like, okay, okay. <laughs> I got nothing, <laughs> nothing to lose. I'm not doing anything this afternoon anyway, so I might as well just do it. But I remember so many times where I, I was in physical pain, like the night before I had to, they wanted me to do some big ceremony and I thought there's no way I'm going to do it. Mm. And then of course, by the time the morning comes, I feel amazing and I'm plugged in like, 
with Shakti and power and just doing what they say. And, and they, and now I have experiences where the masters will come to, to me and they'll give me what I call a commission. And they'll say, we want you, we're asking you if you will uh, deliver these sound codes to humanity mm. for immunity. Will you do it? Well, okay, well, what do I have to do? You need to bring in five sound codes. You need to bring this sound code, that sound, and they'll, they'll name them. And they're, they're so clear. They don't leave any, it's not nebulous at all. They tell me exactly what to do. Mm. And I just have to say, okay, if, if, if they believe in me to do it, I better show up. I mean, how there's no better way that I know how to honor God, goddess, source, spirit, mm. and to listen. And because that commission has to come through. If I don't do it, some, they'll give that commission to somebody else. Mm. I don't believe that if I said no, that it stopped right there. Um, but I believe if I said yes, then I get the greatest jewels and gifts that I could ever imagine. And, and, I, and I will say this to the day I die because the gifts that I have received, the experiences, the knowing, the blessings that not only me, but the people around me have experienced by saying yes to spirit. Mm -hmm. And that's what it means to live in divine flow mm -hmm. and to, to live out your divine plan because everybody's life is differently and set up and your plan for your life is different than mine. And I don't want to be doing yours and you don't want to be doing mine. I want to know what mine is. What are my gifts? What am I? And so that's how I've learned what my gifts are is by continually saying yes to my intuition and to my guidance. And that intuition and guidance has been clear because I've done all of the healing work and I never stopped doing the healing work. And I'm not afraid to look at my stuff and I'm not afraid to dive deep. And I think that's what being an alchemist is all about because mm -hmm. alchemy means you got to go into the fire, baby. Yeah. If you, if you go into the fire, right. You transmit, you get the coal turns to diamonds and then you have diamonds. Yeah. It's so rewarding. It's so fulfilling. I choose to live my life in an extraordinary way and in a sacred way. I can't do mundane and ordinary anymore. Mm -hmm. I haven't been able to do that in a long, long, long time. Yeah. You know, same here. <laughs> exactly. So you will know, I mean, all of the beautiful people that would be listening to this, that, you know, you're going to feel that pulse inside of you that says, I am meant for something more. Mm -hmm. How can I get out of my own way? What, what are the steps that I might need uh, to do to open myself up to the greater vision of the greatest vision of the, the greater vision of the greatest version of my being? And what does that look like? And, you know, you don't have, when you get that information, it doesn't mean that that's what's going to be and that's all it's going to be. Mm -hmm. It may be that that's a potential of what it could be if you go in that direction. If you say no to it, then there's a different potential. <laughs> exactly, because we have free will and free choice in this world. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing 
that I think is really important to share with the listeners is that it's not like I, I used to have a friend that I would say, well, what do you want? And they would say, well, I want whatever God wants for me. And I would want to go, ksh, ksh, ksh. <laughs> no, what do you want? Because God, God is source, that divine love, light, power, that presence of divinity lives inside of you. And it's coming through your vessel mm -hmm. in your own unique way. So what is it that you want? And not from an egoic place, mm -hmm. but what does the greater, more expanded you want? Meaning what is your soul and your personality want? And mm -hmm. what is the spirit guiding you to do? And so you have to, if we, if we truly are meant to live multidimensionally, we want to listen to those dimensions of our being, mm -hmm. you know, listen to what they have to say. And at the same time, listen to the inner child of what she's afraid of, or listen to um, the the rejected one or the abandoned one. What do they have to say? Mm -hmm. And when we really start to listen, well, how do you listen? You Got to close your eyes, and you have to go inward to listen. Mm -hmm. I like to also say that as like zooming out, so that you could be more of the observer instead of mm. being like mixed into it. Yeah, as well. You know, I get a lot of information in the morning in my for me it's right before bed <laughs> yeah 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 i get a, like when i'm laying there and i may get like a lot of information or i get a lot of information when i'm driving too same so when i'm quiet and i'm kind of fairly still you know um that's when i can hear better I think, or I'm more receptive. So even like a lot of times when I drive, I don't, I don't listen to music. I just drive. Mm -hmm. I mean, I hear the sounds of the car and stuff like that, but I'm not, um, I mean, there's times to blast, you know, Spotify and your favorite playlist and sing along. But a lot of times that I'm just driving here and there, I'm listening, I'm, you know, I'm using my eyes and, and that's when a lot of information drops in mm. of what I could be doing, what are the potentials, what are the possibilities, what are the choices, you know, and um, that's really juicy when you start to follow through and you start to listen. And, and I, I've been having that experience with this one person that I've just re recently connected with and I'm going to do some uh, breath work. Nice. And then uh, we're going to do some collaboration. But it's so funny because it's like uh, everything that we say is like, I just said that. Like, I was just thinking that, you know? And it's like when you get on that same vibrational wavelength with somebody, and it's like you don't even really have to talk. <laughs> it's That's fun awesome. too. Yeah. That's so awesome. Yeah. Well, man, I feel like there's so much more that we could go into. <laughs> yeah. Like good. I mean, we could talk about, um, I mean, I think one, one thing I'd like to maybe share with the listeners is, um, the connection between our reclaimed, embodied, healed 
sensuous, sexual nature. Mm. Why would that be important for us to talk about? Because a spiritual boss babe, if she truly is going to be in that place of power to create the life that she wishes to live, to create her business or extension of her business, that next level, Mm -hmm. we're speaking about creator power. Mm -hmm. We're talking about the power of creation. Well, where does that come from? You know, where, where does that power of creation come from within us? And I'll share that it is through the second chakra. And the second chakra is the, that's the energy center that is like three to four inches below your navel, between your pubic bone and your navel, let's say, right? And that is the um, center for creativity, birthing. Uh, It is, it has to do with the giving and the receiving of sexual love or sexual, your sexual nature, the expression of your sexual nature. But it's also where we carry a lot of energy of fear. So what is the statistics of women at this time who one out of five, four out of five women, at least three or four out of five women, they say, have had a sexual experience that was unwanted. Mm. We'll just leave it at that. There's many ranges to that, right? Mm -hmm. And if there's an unwanted experience that left a mark that might create one to disassociate, disconnect, avoid, numb themselves or that part of the body, then you're cutting off from your birthing center. Mm. And to be a creator, a true creator, a woman must be connected to her creation power. Now, there's two ways that we could look at this, okay? The sacred sexual center, your womb, your uterus, your fallopian tubes, your ovaries, and this whole sacred sexual part, the organs of your, of your body that sit within what we call the cauldron or the second chakra, uh, there may need to be healing there. Many women who I've, I've definitely helped, at least 10 women, I can say, uh, over the years get pregnant. And the reason why they could not get pregnant is because they were holding on to unresolved emotional pain and energies Mm. that had to do with their second chakra. And that could mean that they were raped, they were stalked, um, they had um, an abortion and they never forgave themselves for it. Um, They had a violent sex in some way shape or form that created them to shut the energy down in their second chakra. Not consciously. None of this is done consciously. It's subconscious or unconscious, but it creates a disconnection. 
but in your energy field, it creates an obstacle or a block in the second chakra. So how do we reconnect to that energy, right? That's, that's the, the game changer is when we can reconnect to that sacred sexual center. And so there can be healing. You know, in Violet Alchemy, we look at, well, what's that unresolved psychology that's sitting there? Mm-hmm. What needs to be forgiven? What needs to be, and forgiven, like, I'm not saying that if you were raped, that you need to forgive your rapist and say, oh, it's okay, no big deal. That's not what I am saying. You do not forgive for the other person. You forgive. It's always for you. It's always for you. We know that, right? Mm-hmm. So we want to just keep saying that. You're doing it for you because you want the power mm-hmm. back. Because you don't want to be tied to that experience, you know? I was teaching um, a journey dance class, a Shakti journey dance class last night. And one of the women in the class said to me, I really had a hard time. I'm having a hard time. I said, why? She said, because there's so many love songs on this playlist. Mm. And I started to laugh. I said, beautiful. The love songs are not about love outside of you. It's about loving yourself, mm. being your own partner, you know, being the reflection of love that you may want from a partner. But can you be that for yourself? Mm. To her, the self-love, you know? And I just came up from behind her and gave her a big hug. And she just like put her head, you know, like on my arm and just was like, yeah, that's right. You know, like forgetting about that. So when we talk about, you know, she's talking about love that's outside of her, that she wants to be reflected to her from someone saying, I want you, I love you, I desire you, Mm. I choose you, right? And I'm saying... Have you chosen yourself? <laughs> mm-hmm. Are you loving yourself unconditionally or are you conditionally loving yourself? Will you only love yourself if you do this, 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 this? Or can you love yourself even though you're a work in progress? Because we're all works in progress, right? So that power of creation, we'll say, or that to be able to birth and circulate, we have to, we have to prepare our body to birth something, right? And so that's why the second chakra, that creative sexual center, we may want to do work in that area. And I have found for myself that dancing is the most healing, liberating way that a woman, men too, but you know, we're talking about women right now, Mm -hmm. can reclaim their sensuousness, mm-hmm. their sacredness in the body temple of love. That's what I call it, right? That's how yeah. I teach. I'm very big into dance too. It's like a huge part of everything I, that's part of my practice, a big time. It is, me too. It's my spiritual practice. And I, I say, this is my number favorite. Number one. <laughs> yeah, my favorite spiritual practice is dancing. Mm-hmm. And so I teach, I teach twice a week now. So that I can dance because I'm looking for someone else and no one's doing I, it. So I like, used to I'm teach good. dance too. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. So um, the other way that we can connect to our power creation. And now, so we're talking about, when we talk about the third dimension and we talk about the fifth dimension, right? So the third dimension is what we, most of us live our lives saying, oh, we live in the third dimension. It's a, it's a, it's a realm of duality and polarity. So 3D, the experience is this or that, you or me. 
up or down, good or bad, failure, success, woman, man. You know what you get? It's a, it's a polar, dualistic, polarized opposites, right? Once we get into what we call crystalline consciousness or Christ consciousness, that's the consciousness of 5D. So, you know, when the fifth dimension saying when the moon is in the seventh house, you know, that song is all about, you know, the age of Aquarius. We're in the age of Aquarius, which is birthing us into the fifth dimension. But what does that even mean? Mm -hmm. It means that our planet is begging us to wake up humanity, to, to choose the consciousness of we, not me. Mm. So that what is good for me becomes good for all of us, mm -hmm. right? So when we stop thinking about the me, 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 me world, and we start thinking about the we, 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 we start to act from a place that's gonna serve not only self, but everybody else. So fifth dimensional consciousness is the consciousness of love, oneness, unity, and peace. Well, don't we all want that? We all want love. We all wanna feel like we're connected to something, oneness. We all wanna feel unified and have a not a distorted, pulled apart, separate experience, but experiences of, of unity. And we want peace. So this is what they call fifth dimensional consciousness or Christ consciousness mm -hmm. or crystalline consciousness. When we are activating our crystalline DNA, it means we are trying to activate and awaken the consciousness of the Christed ones mm -hmm. who walked on this planet who are here to teach us something like Buddha, like Jesus, like Mary, like Magdalene, like St. Germain, like Kuan Yin, like all the beautiful enlightened masters and archangels, they were trying to teach us something. And through all religions, these teachings come through. It's only the dogma and the, the institutionalized. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, the guilt and the fear and the shame. Exactly that it's embedded into every religion, traditional religion. That, that separates human from God. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's what it's trying to do. And that's why I personally don't align to that. I go, I don't either. <laughs> I invite everybody to go right above it to the universe and mm -hmm. to universal law. Universal. Yeah. I never, are. I actually never resonated with religion really. Like my mom, I was brought up Catholic and I remember, you know, feeling very close to God and very spiritual within myself from a very young age. And I just never understood having to confess to a priest. I, I was like, mom, I can talk to God myself. I do it every day. Yeah. And I never understood the oh, you'll go to hell if you don't go to a church. I was like, no, you won't. <laughs> like, I just never resonated. Yeah. It's like and a different vibe. Thank God you didn't resonate with it so that you can be an influencer to mm -hmm. other people to remember that we are spiritual beings having a human experience. And we have our own connection to God 
or we whatever. Do. You know, it's not activated is. in everybody. That's the mm -hmm. thing. So what we're here, I think, part of the part of our message here is like, yeah, we can be living this human experience and try to make more money and be successful and but is is there fulfillment in that you we want there to be fulfillment in it because if we're just if it feels shallow if it's just shallow and glamorous and yes you're making money but you don't feel a unified you don't feel at one with things you, you're not going to have that level of fulfillment and it's going to feel empty right? Mm -hmm. And that's not what we're promoting. We're not promoting shallow lives. We're promoting um, the message that says, be badass mm -hmm. and live an extraordinary life. And make sure that you feel vibrant and alive. And let's make sure your children are safe. And let's make sure you have a luscious experience in love, in partnership. And let's have sisterhood and brotherhood. And, you know, that's what we're saying. We're saying all of that, which is, you know, why people turn to a spiritual path because they want something more. Because the truth is, is that if we just live in the 3D world, from the human perspective, it can feel very unfulfilling because we are spiritual beings having an experience. So if we're living the human experience and we exclude the spiritual part, mm. it's going to feel very empty, very empty. Yeah. So um, the other thing that I was going to say is the heart chakra, the importance of the heart chakra. In the ancient mystery schools, what they taught is meditation and how to find God within. Like, where are we going when we go inward? <laughs> where are we going? Are we going into the blood? Are we going into the lungs? Are we going into our bones? Where are we going? To me, our experience has been that to go inward means to go into a deep listening space and a deep receptive space and dropping out of the mind down into the heart chakra. Mm -hmm. Now the heart chakra is a multi-dimensional gateway. It's our portal. What? It's like a portal. It is. It is a portal. It is a gateway, which we can enter into other dimensions. So we don't have to leave our body. When we say like going into another dimension, we're not leaving our bodies. When we say we want to ascend, we're not dying to ascend. We are lifting our vibration. So the path of ascension on the physical plane means that we are through our physical form, attuning it and using the tools that we need to have an expanded experience energetically to be exalted to be free and to be in freedom with a level of uh, liberation and joy right that allows us to know and experience a connection that is beyond the beyond you know they say in buddhism gate gate paragate parasungate bodhisvaha which means gone 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 beyond gone beyond the beyond mm. And, and that's the experience. When you touch that, or when you have an experience in that, you're like, oh, I'm more of that. Mm -hmm. 
right? And so we want to encourage people to go on that path and not use, um, I'm going to be very gentle the way that I say this, because many people will use different things to have an expansive experience. And, and I'm here to say that that can work. But to become dependent upon it becomes detrimental. Mm-hmm. So we want to wake ourselves up and, uh, you know, and like doing it through a practice, you know. And um, I mean, when I was younger, I did have uh, experience with like hallucinogenics and things like that, where I did experience something of a, like very, very intense activations through my third eye and visions. Mm-hmm. But I never did it a lot. I mean, I tried it. I was young and I was <laughs> experimenting. But by the age of 25, I found meditation. Mm. So I stopped doing any kind of recreational use. Uh, and even now I don't even feel the need to do anything in sacred ceremony except for cacao. I love cacao too. Mm-hmm. Cacao, I, I drink cacao at least a few times a week. Yeah. It's just a gentle heart opener and it's beautiful medicine. Mm-hmm. That keeps it, like I can feel it right now as I'm just talking to you and tuning me, in. Me too. I could like <laughs> taste it. <laughs> I'm like, I need to get a new block. I, I ran out like a couple days ago. <laughs> Yeah, my friend uh, Nola Ganem owns One World Cacao. She's got great products. Nice. Yeah. Um, so the heart center, right? So we have inside of the heart center is something called the threefold flame. And the threefold flame is like a visual of a triple fire. Mm-hmm. And one of those plumes, one of those flames is blue. One of those flames is ruby pink, and one of those flames is gold. So the blue, this is the, the trinity. Mm. Okay. The blue represents the wisdom, the truth that will illuminate you. The pink represents the love and the compassion, which will heal you. Mm. And the gold represents the the. And it's not the yeah the innocence the purity mm. the the gold Christed golden child power of creation. So when the blue and the pink come together, you get violet, right? So but that's, so you could say well the blue could represent the father, mm. the pink could represent the mother, and the gold could represent the child. So you have the holy mother, the holy father, and the holy child. Mm. That's the holy trinity. But it can also just be three flames of blue because you want to know the wisdom truth, pink, because you want to know what it feels to embody love. Mm -hmm. Not to just touch it or taste it every once in a while, but to really know self-love. When you know self-love, you are embodying love, and then you don't need to be reaching for love outside of you. Mm -hmm. You Who doesn't want to have love outside of them, but, you know, it, it has a different flavor to it. So then the, then the gold flame is that, is that spark of creation. 
right? Because when the blue and the pink come together, they can birth. Like when you embody the wisdom truth, you embody the self-love, then you can birth that creation power mm. more adeptly. As you know? I'm looking at you talking, I'm looking at your rings that you're wearing and it's like blue and pink kind of. I do. <laughs> and this is, I don't have the gold, but this is like the pearl is, I just made these other necklaces. I had all these rubies. Oh, beautiful. So I decided I had a whole big strand. It was so heavy. And I was like, I need to make a new necklace. And then I got some other pearls and I made this one. Wow. Beautiful. So, so yeah. Those listening are probably like, what I want to see. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm, uh, you decided I love making jewelry all my life. I've, I've made jewelry. I make pendants before. as well. You make what? I make pendants as well. I don't have one right by me, but yeah, really beautiful. Massachusetts son of a goddess. <laughs> yeah. For some, well, someone who wants to embody the goddess energy. Like I cannot oh, have to see my pet, my pendants. I'll have to show you them. You will. Yeah. I can't leave the house without jewelry on. Yeah. Like I feel naked if I don't have my jewelry on. Like <laughs> this is so much a part of my sacred feminine honoring that mm. I and so you can always tell, like I can always tell that someone holds that priestess lineage, you know, it, by her jewelry. You mm. know, we can we can spot them a mile away, you know. It's because I was like, Oh hey, how's it going? I like your ring. I like your <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that gold. We want to drop our awareness into our heart chakra and meditate and imagine that gold flame growing. And with every in-breath and out-breath, and this is how I teach the breath work with, with these flames, is to expand that fire because that is a creation power, mm. you know? And so when you begin to understand that the creation power lives inside of you, then you start to go, okay, well, I can create something. And then I can co-create with spirit. I can call in spirit to help me to create something. Mm -hmm. And I think that's like the next lesson that I believe. And I, I mean, I'm taking a leap of faith here. I, I, I think you would agree with it, but that's what you want to share with your audience is that when you invite spirit in um, your spiritual um, boss, babe, quotient <laughs> turns up the, the volume gets turned up yeah i talk a lot about co-creating with spirit and allowing ourselves to be supported because we don't have to do this alone i believe that we're all like the bridges you know and channels whether you're an actual channeler or you know we're all channelers <laughs> or channels yeah. and yeah. being that bridge is allowing ourselves to get that support and being the co-creator and trusting our intuition and bringing forth our message and our, you know, gifts. Yes. So, you know, I like to, so I think that, I think we're both saying the same thing. I think both of us were having this experience where the spiritual practice of dance and movement has helped us to let release, let go. Because yeah. Because processing, when you process or you integrate something, is you're moving the old out to make space for the new, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, if you talk about something, you have an issue and you, and you go to a therapist or go to a friend or your mother or whatever, you're talking about it, you're, you may be getting a little triggered, your, your mind is like, well, how do I feel? Well, like, what do I think about that? And then your, your feeling body's like, well, how do I feel about that? Um, I'm afraid of that. I'm resistant to that. I, I, don't, I, I don't like that. <laughs> oh my God, that's it. It's like we have all these different emotions around it, right? And um, 
I, I believe, I know, I know that we've birthed more creations through integrating dance and movement mm -hmm. in our weekly, monthly, yearly practice. Daily <laughs> for me. <laughs> Dancing, you know, um, because, you know, do you know, well, the Shiva Shakti, so I, I am a transmitter of Shakti, right? I give Shakti empowerments, which is a transference of divine power that helps to awaken the Kundalini, which is the creation life force, the two serpents mm. go up, right? And so this serpent energy, uh, to how do we make it come alive? Well, dancing can make it come alive. Mm -hmm. Our serpentine movements, you know, getting Shakti pot, blah, 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 blah. you know, um, which by the way, I'm going to be in Sedona in December teaching some of this. Oh, nice. Yeah. You're, you're, yeah you mentioned that before. So you're doing like a retreat there or? I'm actually going to be going to someone else's retreat who's doing like cool. a three day, four day breathwork retreat. And I always wanted to do a breathwork retreat and I've experienced breathwork with a, with an incredibly beautiful, powerful um, friend um, a couple of years ago, this woman named Lisa Silverman, who gave me this breathwork session. We were in a kirtan retreat with some local, like beautiful kirtan um, family. And I thought I was going to die. Wow. <laughs> it was so intense. Granted, I'm the one who has a seizure on the floor whenever I'm having a spiritual experience. So I'm, I'm very dramatic. I'm the one that's making the most noise in the room all the time because when spirit comes in, they like pummel me. So here I am in a room and I'm like, Whoa! you know, it's like 15 people and I'm the only one screaming. And I thought I was going to die because wow. I didn't know what was happening. My breath, my whole body just went into like, uh, like a full body labor orgasm <laughs> that wouldn't stop. Wow. And I thought, I'm going to have a heart attack if someone doesn't come over and touch me. Wow. And it seemed like forever. And just when I thought like tears were gushing out of my eyes, I was like, Whoa! the experience was so intense. And then here comes Lisa and she just slides her hands under my head and puts her fingers in my asaput, which felt so supportive. And like, mm. like she just took the weight of the world off of me. And she said to me, whispered in my ear, we've been waiting for you. Mm. I lost it. I lost it. I just, it was such a relief. It was so emotional. It was so deep. Mm. Like it was deep. It doesn't even cut it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It was so interdimensional, inter intracellular deep. And um, that was six years ago, maybe. Wow. And I've wanted to do it, but I'm afraid to do breathwork by myself because I don't know what's going to happen to me. Yeah. I love breathwork is really powerful. Super powerful. So I want somebody to hold me to do it, right? So I've like, oh, I know this woman does it. I do this woman. And there's this um, guy that I, I met through um, social media, actually. And we be, kind of became friends. And, and he's doing a retreat in Sedona. And he's like, oh, check it out. And I'm like, okay, send me information. I looked at it and I was like, this could be really cool. And I said, mm. but is he capable of like, you know, my, my ego went, oh no, am I going to be putting myself in a dangerous situation of someone who can't 
hold me. But after talking with him and um, really understanding his path, I feel 100% confident that he can do it. And it's going to be early December, like December 2nd through the 5th. Um, Ocean Eagle is his name, uh, oceaneagle.org. And he is um, going to be doing it. So I'm going to be there and I'm going to be leading the Ascension Cacao Ceremony. And I might be leading a dance class. And then we'll be doing some collaborative work um, in the two weeks after. And I might do collab with another friend that I'm hoping maybe will come into Sedona from Austin. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. So, I know them. <laughs> um, Luke Cohen. I don't, I, his name sounds familiar, but I don't think I know. Yeah. That's awesome. Do you have any, what else do you have coming up? Like for the listeners to jump in on, um, you know, <laughs> I know we, you covered a lot today and I want them to have somewhere to find you and connect with you and jump into something that you have going on. Well, I would say the first thing that First of all, thank you for giving me that space to sit, to speak about this. Um, Amaji is spelled A-M-A-Z-J-H-I, Amaji, amaji.com. And if you go to my site and you opt in for my newsletter, that would be absolutely. Now, I, I had some issues with my newsletter or my, I'd like, maybe 1200 people over the years, you know, and um, the particular platform that I'm working on said, has everybody opted in in the past 12 months? Mm. I was like, no, we've been in COVID. (laughs) I didn't have 1200 people opt in in the last 12 months. So they made me send out a letter to ask everybody to opt in again. And, you know, nobody's looking at that stuff. So out of 1,200 people, I got maybe 100 people. So that was a real like, whoa, spirit, what are you doing? Are you like clearing the deck for me? Maybe. To allow. So, and I'm like, okay, that's how I'm looking at it. Mm So um, going to amaji.com and signing up for my newsletter would be amazing. You can also find me, um, Amaji. On Insta, right? On Instagram. And Amaji Angelique Kumara, the full name, uh, on Facebook, but really Instagram probably more. And so, because I post a lot of things on Instagram, um, I right now am finishing um, uh, a a mystery school immersion of violet alchemy purification. And for anybody who does, um, who's who's a therapist, or does psychotherapy, or who does energy healing work. Um, or anyone who knows how to use a pendulum. If you know how to use a pendulum, you can take this training. Um, I'm only taking people that know how to use a pendulum because I don't want to spend two months teaching somebody how to use a pendulum. I used to do that. And, you know, you want, it's just easier. So if you can use a pendulum and you want to know how to read someone's energy field and see what kind of lower vibrational energies are attached to them, and then be able to work with the enlightened masters and the archangels to extract and release and remove those energies. It's an incredibly potent, powerful, and essential work that's needed at this time because we are in a time of great divisiveness. 
mm-hmm. and the forces that we would call high and low mm-hmm. are battling. And the lower energies will try to overtake the higher energies. Mm-hmm. And so this particular system uh, is what I'm teaching. And I will be teaching it probably, you know, twi- at least twice a year. It's so potent. And spirit saying, this is what you need to teach. People need to know how to do this because um, it, what these energies, these energies that attach to the field through illness, through addiction, through dysfunctional relationships, through dysfunctional work environments, home environments, through the media, mm-hmm. through programming. Okay. And then what it does is it, it deadens your sensitivity. And we're trying to yeah. attune and awaken our sensitivity. Mm. our spiritual gifts, right? And so these energies are really trying to knock humanity um, off the horse, off the ride of elevation and ascension. Yeah, and we got to combat that shit. Exactly. (laughs) And so that's what they can find in your course on your site. That's what that's, well, I don't even know if I have it listed right now, but it's just by signing up Got onto it. my website. When I teach it, I will send out an email Got and then that's what people know. And, and just on, you know, Instagram, I sometimes post things, you know, for anybody who's local, I, mean, I live in New York. I live in upstate New York um, and um, about 90 miles north of New York City. And mm. so I teach dance class twice a week, Shakti dance, which is no choreography, but it's all through the chakras and it's all transmissions. And then, and then nice. the lay down and I do a transmission of divine light frequency and Shakti pot. And um, on Friday nights, I have something called Violet Alchemy Sound Temple, where every Friday night, we do it in series. So, but there would be a different musician that I work with and it's completely improvised. Nice. And, um, I'm reading the energy of the people that come. So every Friday night, it's different depending on who shows up. And even if it was the same people that showed up, it would be different because then there'd be an evolution that would happen. But I never know what's going to happen until the people show up and spirit starts to talk to me and they, and I start to channel and I know what needs to be brought in. I know what needs to be removed. I know what needs to be activated. I know what spiritual gifts or transmissions to bring through yeah. and working with, uh, yeah. And working with these incredible musicians, you know, that, that are listening and they're co we're literally in a co-creation field, a field of creation, co-creating, collaborating, and it's very exciting. And we're doing it in this beautiful Kiva space, which is a brand new thousand square foot circular Kiva. Wow. That's all, you know, all windowed and very, very high vaulted uh, ceiling with like the moon roof on top. And there's a living light pillar that, um, when I say I, I don't mean just me, we, we, me, and the enlightened masters and the archangels anchored into the space for the community. So the more that we're in the space using and activating that pillar through every event that we have, it's great growing. And that frequency is growing and it's moving out into the community. That's so it's so, awesome. really, so that's real temple space work, you know, and um, that's what we are. We're wow. definitely high priestess temple, you know. I almost, I'm getting FOMO. wish I was in New York. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> or I wish you were here. <laughs> I will come to 
Austin yes. someday when, when we can awesome. travel with greater ease. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's the idea is that I'm really the traveling temple and I'm supposed to go to different places and have people host, you know, who want this kind of work so that yeah. we can deliver it. And um, yeah, I love to travel. So that may be something we do in the future. You yeah. never know, Stephanie. You never know. I know. Plant the seed. Well, Thank you so much for sharing all of this today. And I'll put all of your links in the show notes as well. This has been freaking amazing. And it's been so fun having you on Mm. and your gifts. And I appreciate you so much. And I'm so excited to continue our work and our friendship together. And it's just beautiful. So thank you. You're very welcome. I love you back. And I think that we should end with a little bit of light language. Oh, yes, of course. That would be beautiful. So I'm going to open up the space and begin to do a little transmission. And if you feel like you want to just receive and listen, then do so. If you feel like something's going to come out of your mouth, then I ask you to just jump right in. So beloved God, source all that is divine creator, we ask to open up this temple space between 12 to 20 octaves of light as we ask the enlightened ones to open up the spiritual portal and Gaia and the wise ones and the ancient ones and the elders of the sacred hoop to open the portal beneath us now. We deliver this blessing. To encourage each listener. To remember that the power of creation, the divine light, divine love, lives within, and can be accessed in any moment of any day, by dropping the awareness into the portal of the heart. And breathe, and imagine and see, pretend if you must, but practice and within that practice you begin to become all that you wish to become in, in the unfolding and in the unfurling of the Lotus petals of your heart. You become the one you wish to be. Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that magic. Yeah. So potent. We love the magic. Mm-hmm. So if you want to be magical, reach out. <laughs> and if you want something in Austin, then say so, so that Stephanie and I might create something. Yes. And tag us when you listen on Instagram, everyone. I'm at the spiritual boss, babe. And Amaji is at Amaji, right? Yep. And I'll leave that in the show notes so you can tag us when you listen and let us know like what you loved about this episode and make uh-huh. sure you connect with Amaji on Instagram and you know check out all her other videos and teachings and magic that she shares. And yeah, this was so yeah. good. So activating. We'd so so love to meet all of you and connect to the many beautiful spiritual badass boss babes around the globe. Yes. 
You know, from uh, our heart to yours, uh, we say thank you so much. Uh, blessed be and namaste, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you loved what you heard, please be sure to leave a review on iTunes and hit the subscribe button. If you want extra motivation to manifest a life and business that you're obsessed with, then find me on Instagram at the spiritual boss babe or visit spiritualbossbabe.com. I love you and appreciate you so, so much. And I'll see you in the next episode. I hope you have a magical day. 